Welcome back to the Body Podcast, where we talk strength, conditioning, lifestyle, and everything in between. We got Dr. Amy Shaw back on the mic. She is a body member, but more importantly, a double board certified medical doctor and nutrition expert with training from Cornell, Columbia, and Harvard Universities. She has dedicated her practice to helping her patients feel better and live healthier through her integrative and holistic approach to wellness. She was named one of Mind Body Green's top 100 women in wellness to watch in 2015 and appears regularly on national television shows and podcasts and national magazines. Dr. Amy, how are you doing? Thank you for having me. Great. I'm doing great. Well, it's good to have you. We've had every schedule. one most of the time because of me. Uh, but you're so busy and you're blowing up, it feels like, on social media now too. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like uh, you always feel like when everybody is doing things, they're doing things at a pace that's so much faster than you. And I know everybody feels like that with fitness and with health. But you have to always look back and be like, wow, this is where I wanted to be like five years ago. Yeah, no, your social's amazing. Yeah. Like very interesting content all the time. Definitely keeps us educated. Yeah. Super fun to watch. I was reading this is and we, obviously you hear Nikki because she's on it again. I'm here. Well, she's back. Yeah. I need her I need her on because I was reading some of your videos and everything, and I'm like, I'm Googling words that I don't even know how to spell. And then there's definitions in there that I don't even know because I'm so dumb. As a person, so I'm just like I just, I'm just gonna. And I'm we're smarter gonna than Scott, so you know I needed to be yeah. be exactly. here for some backup. Exactly, because he was intimidated to talk very, to the doctor. Today. Very intimidating. Oh, I love that. Well, it's all really simple. I think <laughs> it's like if you think about it, it just comes down to all the things that we go to body for, like um, you know, living a long, longer, or healthier life than we would have otherwise. Yeah. Well, let's get into yeah. it. Speaking of, you, you have a your first book. I'm so effing tired. Yeah. I feel like this is my life, so, totally. and I have zero kids, zero excuse to be yeah. tired, so I guess go, what is it okay, all about? I'll, I'll tell you, Scott, it's the way we live. What I realize in the end is that we have this connection between our brain and the center of our body, which is our gut, our hormones, um, and the way we live in today's world, we are messing that connection up. Like, we're getting light in the middle of the night, or what our body considers the middle of the night. We're getting darkness in the middle of the day when your body is supposed to be seeing light. We're getting movement at all different hours. Food is coming in at like midnight, you know? So we're basically telling our bodies mixed signals and that's really bad for feeling alert and energetic and even having a physique that you want. So I feel like that one of the basic problems, whether you're young, old, have kids, you know, is really realizing that we are flipping our lives upside down. And it wasn't too long ago, like even our parents' age, like people weren't eating at midnight. There was no Uber Eats. There was no 24-hour drive throughs There was, you know, people weren't on the phone till 2 a.m. So that's the Or real. social media, soaking yeah. that all up. Exactly. It's making us sadder and tired. Um, and then the next day we can't focus because the first thing we do when we wake up is we look at social media. So one of the things I tell people right away when I work with people, I'm like, the first thing in the morning, do not open your phone and scroll through social media. Guilty. Yeah. I mean, we all, before this, I was too, because your brain is actually still in kind of the sleep mode. It's like the theta waves, the brain sleep waves. And it's just more impactful when you look at it in that state than if you wait a little, like even 10, 15, 30 minutes and then look at it. So let me ask you this. When you first wake up, 
alarm goes off or you just wake up naturally. I've always heard that never sit, never hit your snooze button. Very bad for you. Should you wake up and just sit there for five minutes before you start going to shower, brush your teeth or whatever you do? How long should you wait to before you just, or should you hear your alarm or you wake up, should you just get up right away? So you shouldn't hit snooze because when you go back into your sleep waves and then you have to wake up again, it's like almost like waking up in the middle of a sleep, right? Because you're starting to fall back asleep. And that feeling, that grogginess is going to stay with you longer than if you just got up the first time. So that's one thing. Just get up. Number two is get sunlight. We live in a place where we can actually do that. I mean, there's so many people I say this to when I say this on podcasts, like people are like, well, we don't get any sun for, you know, half the year or whatever, but we're really lucky. So first thing you do is either brush your teeth, go to the bathroom and go walk outside or whatever version of that. But I always call it sky before screen. So sky before the screens. And so you might just look at your phone, what time it is, but you might just get up and not open, like dive in like we all often do. Um, Get your sunlight, brush your teeth, go to the bathroom, whatever, change. And then you can go and look at your phone. And the same thing goes for coffee and food. Don't just roll out of bed and have your Pop-Tart or bagel or banana. You really want to let that... um, you don't even want to have your coffee. You want to let your brain detox from that adenosine that's built up overnight, the grogginess, before you actually start ha- start to have that. Yeah, and I think you kind of mentioned this before. When you say, like, get up, go get some sunlight, you're not saying you have to be out there for, like, all your morning. You're no. saying even, like, a few minutes can Two be minutes. beneficial. Two like, minutes. Right? Maybe, like, if you don't know what to do out there, just do some stretches. Maybe do a gratitude thing. If you want to pray, you can do that. Whatever, you know, just do something and then come back in. Sometimes I'll do it, like I'll just leave the door a little ajar and I'll brush my teeth and I'll walk out there and it'll just be literally two minutes and then come back in. And then you said you're getting light when you're not supposed to at night. How bad, I'm guilty of this. I watch TV to go to bed. Yeah. And then I'll always wake up at like two or three and Netflix will be like, are you still watching? And I'll hit off. How bad is that for you? It is, um, you know, watching TV before bed is one of the easiest things that you could stop doing to improve your health. Like if your sleep is really good and you feel you wake up energized and you fall asleep watching TV, that's one thing. But if you're telling me that you could use a little boost of energy focus during the day, one of the things we, um, I would say to do is turn off that late night um, TV or scrolling because that really does affect not only your brain, but it's very weird to think about, but your entire body, even the gut bacteria, you have bacteria that live in your gut, they all have clocks circadian clocks in every one of them. So every human um, and every living thing, including bacteria, have a clock. And so the gut bacteria will be confused when you're seeing a lot of light or eating a lot in the like late at night. And so what people will get more indigestion, gut issues, they'll have um, a harder time getting to their goals if it's, you know, you're trying to build more muscle or whatever it is. Because that you need that gut bacteria to help you like absorb nutrients. You need it to send signals to your brain. So it's not just your brain that you're talking about. It's like the entire hormonal gut system that you're throwing off when you don't um, adhere to circadian rhythms. Like we don't have to go back to living in the 1800s, but the closer you can get to that, um, the better it is. So meaning that you know, think about it when you're camping 
pretty much eating dinner after, you know, having a fire. Maybe you're hanging out for another couple, like an hour or two, but you're not staying up till 2 a.m. and eating or, you know, watching a show or whatever. So how much time would you say between like, you get done eating, you like maybe watch a show. How much time do you think no screen before you go to sleep? Yeah. So like maybe I, try to read or something, but like for like how long would you recommend? Okay. So everyone is different. Uh, what you want to try to do is not eat two to three hours before bed. So if you're going to bed at 10 o'clock, you probably want to stop around eight or even earlier if you can. And then, um, one hour before bed, you want to try to shut down the screens or even 30 minutes is beneficial for, for example, sometimes what I'll do, um, just so, um, you can get an idea. I'm, I'm guilty of it too. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll turn the lights down. I'll turn off all the TV and computers like two to three hours before bed. And then my phone is the last thing to go. Um, I'll put on a book or Audible or podcast or something. I'll, you guys can listen to this podcast. And you put it on a timer, and I just keep it there and um, and either across the room or not necessarily right next to you, but um, enough that you can hear it. And it'll go off on its own, so it's like you're automatically detoxed for at least 30 to 45 minutes. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. You, know, you mentioned that you know, back in the day you're like, not having the screen or going. I remember I went camping for a weekend, believe it or not, I went outside <laughs> and uh, we, you know, no service or anything. No one's really on their phone, but you wake up when the sun wakes you up and you kind of, it got dark and no one had phones or anything. We were just sitting around the fire. It was dark. People went to bed. You got tired. And I we probably went to bed at like 10, yeah. 10 30. And I woke up, sun was up at like six forty five seven. I was perfectly like wide awake, just wasn't watching TV, going to bed. You know, you fall asleep, you wake up and it was just kind of Exactly. Like circadian rhythms is such a huge part of our energy. And then of course it goes into nutrition too. Like what are you eating when you first get up and what are you eating when you go to bed? If you're ending the night, um, most people end their night with alcohol or food and then they start their morning first thing with caffeine or an, a sugary like breakfast. And that's like the worst, yeah, the worst combination <laughs> oh, that God. you can ever do. <laughs> yeah for your health and your fitness because um, your blood sugar like spikes first thing in the morning. Um, your adrenaline is spiking with the, uh, with the caffeine. Now, when you are getting that crash, that early morning, kind of late morning crash, it's because you had your coffee too early often. So delaying it a little bit, letting that adenosine from your brain, that grogginess feeling kind of dissipate before you have your food or coffee can help you stay more alert during the day. And it's going to keep your blood sugar more even if you eat something with like higher protein. If you can fix your morning routine and eat a high protein breakfast and do the sky before screens, like half your battle is like fought. All right. That's good to know. I should, I'm a ritual snoozer and, uh, don't talk to me until I get my coffee. Kind get of. coffee, yeah. No, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm with you. Sometimes I'm like, oh, no, I'm super hungry at this point. And then, you know, you hear it and you hear it. But I'm like, I definitely know there's a lot of things I can do better because I am effing tired. Yeah. All the time. And eating your, <laughs> eating, I'm a huge intermittent faster, but eating a, a breakfast at some point in the morning with high protein is the key uh, to, you know, feeling more alert um, protein has like, um, something in it that actually boosts your dopamine levels in your brain. And so you can feel more alert, but also like more motivated. Yeah. yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about the like circadian rhythms and like the, 
intermittent fasting? Because I know you talk about those a lot, but a lot of people, you know, hear mixed reviews on that yeah. or like what you, you, what you kind of preach to people about all of that. Right. Intermittent fasting was all the rage for a while. You know, everybody was intermittent fasting. It was like nobody was eating breakfast. Everyone was eating, um, you know, midday or later. And then what happened is a couple of studies came out and they said that people who eat only one meal a day have a higher chance of death. Um, they said the later you eat in the day, the worse it is. Skipping breakfast is bad for blood sugar. All this stuff um, started to come out that was uh, against intermittent fasting. And then, Do you think it was because it was so much was going on and there was now more like research behind it kind yeah. of? and there's more attention. Like They were like, oh, let's look at these population of people. So the population of people they looked at that just have one meal a day, they weren't really intermittent fasters. They were just um, people who ate one meal a day because of... They had to. They had like really difficult lives and jobs, and so it wasn't really a, a population of healthy people who were like, "Let me intermittent fast to see." It was people who have had food scarcity, um, very stressful jobs, and who were eating only once a day, and they um, had a higher risk of death. So yeah, there was a lot more um, attention to it. And so then, work's killing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> it's a, nothing to do with work. Right. <laughs> Their job. And, and then. Um, the weight loss thing also, you know, we live in a world where you could eat 5,000 calories even if you're intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is not a weight loss tool if you're eating crap. And I think that was a wake-up call to a lot of people, that intermittent fast. So that's why now there's kind of a basically a back and forth of like what kind of fasting should we do? So I'm basically going back to this um, this thing of you know, listen to your biological rhythms. Women, we have a 28-day rhythm. Um, men have a daily rhythm. We have a daily rhythm as well. The daily rhythm tells us that we should um, stop eating when it's dark, especially after 8 o'clock seems to be for most people. It's because if you're thinking that you mostly go to sleep around 10 or 11, so 8, it may be shifted a little bit for people. Um, and then not eating like immediately when you wake up. That's kind of the intermittent fasting that I think is going to work for most people. Okay. So ideally, uh, it's like wake up, go for a walk, get yeah. some sunlight, water, high protein. If you're not eating very fat, high protein breakfast, wait a few hours before you get your coffee if it's something you do enjoy. Yeah. That's kind of what you do. Then don't eat past eight o'clock, two, two to three hours before bed. Right. So I do this thing. This is my routine. I wake up at six and then I do my sky before screens and um, I get my breakfast ready to bring with me to work. And um, I usually do the 730 body class. And so I have a little time. I'll go get ready for work, um, get my stuff ready, go straight to um, body and then change after and then eat, have my coffee, all that stuff. So that way I'm like forced to wait till 8.30. Um, but that's still two and a half hours after I've gotten up. So it's still delayed. And then I try not to eat two to three hours before bed. Good. I like that. I feel like I can do that. I think I, think I got it. Mine's going to be... Phone alarm goes off, hit stop, get up, brush my teeth. Well, when it's so hot out, but I used to walk to the coffee yeah. shop. So yeah. they, they make 40 minutes. Yeah. Walk to the coffee shop, get my coffee, go back. Yeah. But um, with so it being so hot, hot, what are you going to do? I usually get my car, but now I'm going to walk and grab my mail. Even there though you I don't go. get mail. There you I'll, go. I'll figure it out. All but right, for, yeah. yeah, just so I use 
that 615 body when I was going, I would walk there. So I wouldn't get my coffee till after, which was nice. But all right. No, no, that's some good stuff. Now, you talk a lot about the gut health and everything like that. What are some, I guess, good foods for your gut? Yeah. And then what um, are some terrible foods that everyone knows what bad foods are? Right. But what are some foods that are not, that maybe are publicized as, oh, this is healthy for you, that are really bad for your gut? Right. Okay. So the things that are really good for your gut are um, things that have either fiber or fermented fiber. So fermented foods... Um, like probiotic foods is something that I think people don't necessarily know what they are, but something as simple as yogurt is amazing for your gut because it has probiotics in it. So most yogurts, unless you're eating the super sugary ones, that's one mistake I see people making. Like they're like, Oh, I, I eat yogurt, but it's like, the like yo play yeah, like, like yeah. with like the M and M's on yeah. top. Like, no, I'm not talking about that yogurt. That's terrible. Um, and it's heat processed. So all that live bacteria are dead. Um, so you want the yogurt, uh, most, uh, of the non-sweetened yogurts are have bacteria and in America, we have to label things that contain bacteria in it. And so it will say like it has lactobacillus is the most common one. Um, so yogurt is a really amazing way to start breakfast and, you know, cottage cheese is having a moment right now. You can make anything with cottage cheese. Cottage cheese is amazing. You can get probiotic cottage cheese from like, um, good culture. And there's another brand too. Um, Nancy's that have probiotic cottage cheese, so they has bacteria in it. So those are amazing things. And then the not so like glamorous ones, right? Like sauerkraut and yes. like pickled yeah. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Pickles are bad. <laughs> what? They're good. They're good. Oh, pickles fermented, are good. Fermented. Okay. Are yeah. Good. Love and pickles. Yeah, the things that um, I think people often are doing for their gut, uh, or they think that it is good for their gut, is like you know these sugary sweetened yogurts or they're drinking um these drinks that they think are good for you i think pre-workouts is super popular in the pop our population actually most people now and a lot of them are filled with um colors and sweeteners and flavorings and that are, those are terrible for your gut um and that's how you're starting your day and so you really want to read the ingredients and you're not kind of filling your entire starting your day with something that's um, terrible for your gut. So one of the ways I explain it to people is that um, there's been a ton of studies that show that ultra processed foods, whether it's a drink or um, a snack, is the worst thing you could do for your gut health. And some of these health foods that we eat um, unknowingly are ultra processed. Ultra processed means that the ingredients in it could never be made in a kitchen, even if you had every ingredient in the world. So the things that are emulsifiers, the preservatives, the colors and the flavorings, like you could never find that even if you um, created the biggest kitchen with everything in it. So ultra processed food, if you think about it, can be protein shakes, it can be pre-workouts. Like those are the things that people are having all the time that could be wrecking their gut health and they don't realize it. Okay, interesting. Um, let me circle back to the, the book. You, obviously, you wrote a second book. How did this book come about? Were, were yeah. people coming up to you being like, asking all these questions or see one of your Instagram reels or stories or videos, and then you're just like, man, a lot more people. I'm, I'm helping a lot of people, giving advice to just friends, family. I think a lot more people would be interested in this, and then just that's how the book started, or has it, writing a book always been a goal? 
Such a great question. It's really weird. I thought... (laughs) Smart guy. Great question. Smart guy. (laughs) I always thought I would write a book one day because I, as I told you, when I started my practice, I thought, oh my God, I'm not talking to anybody about nutrition. I'm not talking about gut health. I'm not talking about immune system. And so I was like, I'll just write a book one day um, and that will be my thing. So I was jotting things down. I was taking notes for my future book, you know, in 20 years or something. And... um, and then social media came around and I felt like I got an outlet. Um, I was writing for some blogs for free and, um, that's when I got my first chance. So I approached, um, somebody told me, Hey, you should write a book. It's like now, nowadays you don't need to wait, you know, 20 years, you could probably get a book deal. So the first time I proposed my notes, I had all these notes I proposed these notes to um, a publisher. They were like, oh, that's nice. Oh, this is interesting. You know, but this is not a book. This is not interesting to us. And I was like, wait, what? Uh, this is like... But this is so interesting. These what are, are you all talking my about? notes from like years and years. And um, all the things that I thought was um, something I wanted to write about. But they didn't find... They were like, there's tons of health books out there. Um, there's nothing catchy or um, whatever. So I knew that I needed to refine the message to find a place that um, I could talk about what I wanted to talk about. And, you know, rejection sometimes is a way um, to fuel uh, you to do more. So I just felt like I was crushed, but then I also also was like, I need to figure out a way to get this book yeah. to the world. Um, and one of the things they criticized about me was that um, I was on social media. I was writing all these blogs. I had this very, very bustling practice. And they were like, nobody really knows you. Like, they're like, we need, um, you know, your social media, um, your audience. Like, we need big numbers to, to have um, anything to sell. And so what I realized is um, what I thought was really great was not even a drop in the bucket for them. So... I kind of worked on it for a couple of years. I worked on it for another two or three years. And then um, I had another opportunity to do it. And that time, women's health was starting to become like a big um, come in the forefront. And they asked me, like, what's the biggest thing that people talk to you, like, ask you about? And I said, people say that they're tired all the time. And so that's how the first book came about. I love it. And I've read both of your books. A lot of people, when I posted on the story, wanted to talk more about like hormones yeah. and thyroid issues. I mean, myself personally, I have an autoimmune thyroid disease, and I think that's something you're hearing more and more about. And so I feel like just talking more about that. I know a lot of doctors for a long time that weren't really recognizing yeah. like autoimmune issues. So I think your book really dives into like different, all about hormones, thyroids, adrenal fatigue, all of that. Yeah. I know a lot of people kind of had a lot of questions on that area. Yeah. So talking a little bit, not giving away what you talk about in your book, but just like some, some things that people could learn from, yeah. from reading this book. I think if you're tired and you have dry skin and your heart rate is really slow and you're cold all the time and you're losing hair, like there's no reason that you shouldn't go out and get a test for your thyroid because that's all signs of low thyroid, hypothyroid. So um, again, dry skin, you know, sluggishness, um, you feel like your heart rate's really slow, you're always cold, 
Um, and you may have hair loss issues, which I know a lot of people are like dealing with right now. Um, thyroid is one of the first things you should check and that can be autoimmune thyroid disease. It could just be a lower thyroid. Um, we're doing a lot in our environment that's affecting our hormones too. So it could be effectively lower than it should be. Um, and then a lot of us need vitamin D checked, um, as another reason why we're always tired as well. So like vitamin D acts like a hormone in our body. Um, and then of course the famous testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. So the problem with all of these things is that, um, women don't really need a hormone test, like a, a estrogen or progesterone test to diagnose, say menopause, perimenopause or hormone issues because we're cycling all the time. And it's really hard to know you know, what's normal for you? Or is this, did we just catch you when you were low because it was a part of your cycle? So instead of chasing that um, number, most people will say like, check the thyroid, check the vitamin D, but you don't necessarily have to chase the hormone testing like progesterone, estrogen, um, unless it's tanked. And same with testosterone for men, like there's so much over supplementation and over replacement of testosterone because, um, you may have low testosterone because you're not sleeping, you're watching Netflix or, and you're not eating enough protein and you're not sleeping well. Like you really need to fix those things before you get testosterone replacement. Yeah. So I think looking into your hormones and looking at why um, things are happening and looking at root cause yeah. is huge. I'm, I feel like I'm just like a huge advocate for that just from personal like stories of it. But I also think for so long, I think women especially were like, oh, I'm, I'm just tired because I'm getting older. Yeah. I have kids. Yeah, I have a job. What... They're like, I'm gaining weight because this is just like part, part of getting older. And I think a lot of them were just like, that's just what it is. Yeah. And for some, like that could be a little bit of a cause of it. You know, age definitely makes things harder, but I just really want to encourage people like go get things checked yeah. out because there really could be something that a small little change, like once you're like either getting medication for it or switching your diet to something can literally change, change your whole like health and personality and just life. Yeah. I mean, you talk about yeah. that happening to you, right? Yeah. Because Cause so basically like, after I had Mason, I eventually got like in really good shape again. So I got like, I felt like I was almost like in better shape, like pre-baby. Yeah. And then, so I was like, okay, like I lost all the baby weight, even more than that, feeling fit, feeling good. And then it was probably like a year went by and all of a sudden it was like 10 pounds overnight. So I wasn't like, oh, I didn't lose the baby weight. I couldn't blame it on that because I was like, I already got in really good yeah. shape. And then it was not kidding you. Like in a matter of like a week, it was like 10 pounds. I didn't change my workouts, didn't change my diet. Nothing was like crazy different. I was feeling way more tired. It was definitely, it was, it was during like COVID too. So I was like, well, obviously I'm stressed out. I'm tired. Like I'm trying to manage this business. Like my business feels like it's like gone yeah. forever. Yeah. So it was a lot of things of, oh, it could be all of this. But eventually I was like, I am not, something's not right. Like yeah. something is not, not okay. So I went to the doctor and that's when I got diagnosed with Hashimoto's, like an autoimmune thyroid disease. Yeah. And first thing was like, typically you hear like anyone with the, with that, like try going dairy and gluten free. Yeah. And so I did that as well as getting on, um, on, uh, like I'm on more of a natural thyroid medication yeah. and it was literally like within matters of weeks, my body was deflating. Wow. Like, and it was like, then it was like probably about like six months. 
a brand new person. Like my energy felt better. Like I was like back down to like feeling like really, really good. And it was like, again, it was, it was amazing to feel that way. What you don't know though. And I mean, you know, but I feel like with that, it's kind of a roller coaster because I've already been going through that again, where it really did happen. I think it was in three days. I gained 10 pounds overnight. Yeah. And it is like, it's like constantly figuring out that battle of like, you know, what should I be doing with medication? What should I be doing? It's like, no, I could be living and doing the exact same thing. And so I I would love to hear you talk about that because it is frustrating. Like it's a lot of inflammation in my body and it can happen overnight and it's wild. It is. And it's frustrating, especially with my profession to feel like, oh, I don't feel like I am who I am in my skin or my body. Like, it's like, I don't feel like I don't want to even want to be in front of people when like I go through these big, like inflammation stages. So yeah, I don't know if like how often you recommend people even monitoring that kind of stuff. But so do you get your labs done every three months? So I haven't been as good on that. And so there I'm like ready to go every three done. months. Um, you should be getting your labs t- tested for you, especially cause you're on medication. And, um, I actually used to never get my labs done, but um, I joined this company called Life Force, which is a diagnostic lab company that um, they come to your house and just so it's like the easiest thing. So I'm just it's already scheduled every um, three months. And so and it's crazy. Like I take vitamin D, my vitamin D is normal. Like I forget for like a, a month and a half and my vitamin D is low. So it's definitely you need to keep on it. You can't just do it once and feel like, okay, well now I'm fixed. Um, do you know the theory of autoimmune disease? Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. know. So the theory is, is that when your gut, um, is absorbing things from the ex- external world, it's not going to let anything in. It's just going to, pa- it's going to pass through your colon out through your poop and you're, you're safe. All of the toxins and all of the things, but when our gut lining is damaged, things leak into our bloodstream and our immune system starts to make antibodies towards it. And so that's why people will say like, oh, all these people, you'll get food sensitivities. Like now you can't eat dairy, you can't eat gluten, can't eat things that you could before because your body is now reacting. Yeah. To that's it. exactly so, how it was for me. Like yeah. it used to not like, bo- like bother me at all. And then yeah. instantly it was, I eat it and I'm instantly like bloated. And so when you tell me things like, oh, um, it flares up again. That's what I'm thinking is like your gut is flaring up because of something's going on with your gut making it. So for example, if you had a terrible uh, week of eating and you ate, and then you had antibiotics cause you were sick and then you, um, drank a lot that weekend. And then, you know, it could be like four or five things put together and then your gut lining is leaking and loose and, um, you're getting all these, uh, new gut issues. Okay? Yeah. And so that could be what's happening. That's what happens to most people is a, as they move through, they start to learn, okay, these are my triggers. And when all these triggers kind of add up, I get sick. Yeah. How about stress and anxiety causing thyroid and adrenal problems? Or is it adrenal and thyroid yeah. problems Vice causing versa. stress and anxiety? It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's almost or like... Or kind of like it could be a combo of both. It's, it's a combo of both. As you know, you can stress yourself sick. Yeah. Um, I feel like, and I feel like that's kind of what I can do sometimes. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) It's totally um, possible to go both ways, right? We, we actually know that the brain gut access goes both ways. So you can read toxic news, be around horrible, toxic people, 
um, think toxic thoughts and make yourself sick. And vice versa, you can eat and drink horrible things. Um, you can like punish your body and that will create um, mental health issues. Like we know mental health comes from the food you eat, but it's also like, what are you letting into your life? Like your thoughts and the people. And so it goes both ways. Yeah. I feel like that's like, I love seeing it more and more about the mindfulness of like how much like that can stuff can make you sick if you're not taking care of yourself in that sense too, if you're with your stress, your anxiety, what you're consuming. Um, but think about it. Um, we are so careful about what we put in our bodies, like food wise, but then we're watching all these like toxic people on social media. We're hanging out with people who are like very negative or you're reading the news, you know, right before going to bed, like whatever it is, you're basically inputting all this negativity into your life. And so one of the things I always tell people to do when they first start on their journey is do an elimination diet, but not just food, but also like other things. So maybe you just stop reading the news, um, for like a couple of weeks. Okay. And just ask your friend, like what's going on. Oh, I heard like what's going on in the world. You know, it's fine to be away from it for a little bit and let yourself kind of detox off of it. And same with like sugar, gluten, dairy, whatever it is that you alcohol, whatever the triggers are for you or that you suspect, those are kind of the ones that are for me, take them away for a few weeks and then add them back one by one to see your body's reaction. See what happens to your gut. You should definitely do that because you may be able to identify one, two, three, four things that mess up your gut health. And so you know not to do that or at least minimize that and not do it all together. Absolutely. And I think that goes to like, with like workouts, like sometimes I can read my body now more of like, I just need to slow it down. Maybe I don't need to work out as many times this week. And maybe I do need a little bit more yoga or like a little bit, like sometimes I can just like tell in my body kind of like, it's okay. Like you're not going to die or lose all your gains if you don't work out as much this week. Sometimes I feel like mentally I need like less. Yeah. And I, and I think that's so true for working out for sure. And especially like if you're in that part of your cycle, like right before your period, that's kind of the time where a lot of people need to kind of slow down on their workouts and their fasting and their like heavy lifting and stuff. Yeah. Um, and Scott definitely natural. slows down during his period. Yeah. yeah. Do you? No. Yeah. 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 Is, is that a tough time for you? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, it, well, guys do have a, it's they called do. IMS. Yeah. They and it, do. it actually, they're angry. It lasts a lot less longer and they're angrier. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they have... Okay, you're still included. (laughs) It's okay. That's a smart thing I just did. It's funny that you said, you know, don't let all the talks, like the news and everything. I read something that like, I don't mean dumb people, but it says like dumber people are less stressed (laughs) because they don't know as much information. They don't care to learn new things. They don't care. And they're the happiest people because they only know a small little bottle of things and they go about their day and they're mentally just in a better state. And then they don't get in arguments because they don't know enough stuff to argue stuff. They're just like, "Ah, I don't know. Yeah. And they just go about their day and they're just happy. It's like, won't that be just naive and just be awesome? Great. Just to be like, yeah. (laughs) I remember like reading that in a book about um, not looking at the news at all and just asking a friend. And I thought that was such a great idea because just not having to look at the news, like it's, it's so stressful to see what's happening in the world, especially like now, you know, and um, it was such a nice break for me to just ask someone that I trust, like, hey, what's going on in the world? Like, is there anything nice... important I need to yeah, know? Yeah, like a nice conversation. Are the aliens coming or not? Yeah, like, like, what's going yeah, on? Like, what's the pros and cons <laughs> of, you know, X, yeah. Y, and Z? And then having a break, and I realized for me that 
I can't look at any of that stuff, any of that stressful stuff. Can't look at it at night because for me it like affects my sleep or falling asleep. Like I can't look at my email right before bed. Um, any kind of like news or social media or TV like shows that are about the like reality because I think that I learned from my elimination diet that that's something that triggers me and I need to not do that as often. And yeah, you can be informed, but you don't want to do it right before bed. Yeah. yeah. Um, you were talking about. Nikki asked a question about how like your gut kind of poison gets into it or whatever. Does your body naturally heal that from it? Yeah. Okay. It can. It can. Um, So you can heal from like, you'll see people who will say like, I could never do dairy and gluten and now I can have it. Right. So you can definitely heal from it. In fact, when you do an elimination diet for a month, say if you do dry January for alcohol, as you do, um, you know, gluten-free, dairy-free, you might notice that your gut is feeling great. And then when you add each one back, you'll figure out which one of those may be the biggest trigger for you. So for example, not everyone is allergic to gluten. Not everyone's allergic to dairy. Not everyone has GI issues with alcohol. Not everyone needs to stop reading the news. You have to figure out for yourself. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. No, I, uh, I didn't know. It's just a, is you're done, like you're just always going to be, you know, always going to leak in there or if it can like naturally rebuild yeah, yourself. So, so yeah. if you, you hear about like leaky gut and yeah. everything like that is kind of, yeah. You can build up like when you eat those probiotic foods and you're eating more veggies and fruit, you're actually building up that lining so that it's less likely to happen. So for me, I trashed my, like I was always healthy, but I was a med student, then I was a resident, then I was, you know, I was working crazy hours. It was all about quick food, Starbucks, like, you know, and I had all these food sensitivities. Like I couldn't do gluten. I couldn't do dairy. I couldn't, I would have bloating all the time. And then when I really started to concentrate on eating better, more fruit, more veggies, um, I built it up so that it's very rare now for me to have that. So you can rebuild your gut to the point where you can tolerate more dairy. Now you can tolerate more stuff than you used to. Awesome. Well, as if one book wasn't enough, you were just like, screw it. Let's do another one called I'm So Effin' Hungry. Yeah. Scott's well, always effing hungry. I've, <laughs> I could always eat. But we were talking about things. I remember when I was doing like the dry January or like trying to or doing the soft 75, I called it. <laughs> I, I noticed that when I would eat healthier that when I would when I was done with it I'd get like Taco Bell at night I would feel gross like the next morning and that was like my I guess like trigger so like like fast food that if I gave up fast food and I have a fast food I'll be like ooh I'm just like lazy for the rest of the day and then it goes right through me and stuff like that but that's that's how you know right because you know if you're if you like don't it's like how when you don't get up sleep for many 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 nights in a row and then you just get used to it but then that first night of sleep that you get now, you like can't stay up late anymore because it's like your body is so got used to the sleep loss. And that's the same thing with eating unhealthy. Like your body just kind of gets used to it. But as soon as you start to eat healthy, um, then it's going to say, oh, no, I know what it feels like to be healthy. Like, I don't want to go back to that yeah. place again. Swooping your pants from Taco Bell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's 45% of the time it's your husband. Yeah. <laughs> 25% it's Rams and James. That's true. Rams and James. Ramsey and James. <laughs> Ram, Rams and Jamesy. Don't, um, don't tell Ramsey's yeah. secrets. <laughs> yeah. uh, but, no, uh, but I tell my kids, I'm like, 
So Taco Bell, for example, right? They actually don't use beans, right? They actually use this powder. Talk about so good, but so gross. Yeah, like you add water to it, and then it like becomes this like you know whatever that kind of like an instant potato, but instant bean. Yeah, so it's not really. A bean and how hard? It, so it's not. A, it's a like, powder it water. Like, why can't it just use powder a bean? Like why couldn't you just get actual beans and put it in there? Like I don't get how hard powder water cheese burrito. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. Like I don't think that cheese is. It's probably powdered cheese. Yeah, well. and it's probably not even beef either. So no. yeah. Uh, didn't you see that thing about Subway? Where they did in it, like a DNA test, and the chicken wasn't really t- chicken. Yeah. The tuna wasn't really tuna. Oh, my my buddy, when I live in San Diego, would I was like poor and I'd eat like a five dollar foot long sub with his brother, and I would go and he'd be like, "Why are you eating that grade D meat? That thing yeah. is just that's not even look." And he just we'd be in Subway and he'd go across the street and he'd just be mocking us. Just it's, it's, this is disgusting. You have a palate of a. a two-year-old like get out of here don't you like, he just make fun <laughs> Subway, of us <laughs> and Subway was like billed as one of the healthy places right like it was like eat oh, fresh yeah. back in the day yeah. I thought I was totally eating healthy yeah, when I too. was like eating Subway I, was, I had oh, no yeah. idea that it wasn't real food yeah. like, that, that and milk like it was a glass a day you know yeah. it keeps your bone you're like really? the glass of like two percent milk was like 400 grams of sugar right? and you're I just know. like no wonder why I'm a diabetic. Well, yeah. I'm not, but it, that's yeah. how you learn, though. Yeah. Um, I feel like now that I know about this, like for you, Nikki, for example, when you know that you have hormone gut issues, and you were saying the brain gut connection, mood issues, anxiety, for you, it's extreme. I'm a mess, basically, is what. No, I am. but like <laughs> it just means that you have to watch that um, your inputs really closely, like. And it's good because you probably would be unknowingly eating all this crap. But now that you know, you know that, hey, I need to watch what I eat because that's going to trigger something yeah, in me. Absolutely. So with the book, uh, when did you decide to write this? Really quickly after? Or? The second book? Yeah, it was. it's interesting. The publishing world is so weird. It's literally like you come out with a book and they want you to write a second one. Like, Did they even know how good it was going to be? Like they, you published no, it. It, was, it wasn't even like, hey, you just took off yeah, in the first week. Let's yeah, get another book. Yeah, up. That's yeah, what happened. Yeah. They want to keep your, you, they want to get you out when your momentum's hot. But I took a pause after the second one because my second one is done and there's already talks about like, okay. The third but one. I was like, you know what? I want to step back and I want to do some other stuff. Like <laughs> be, writing a book is all encompassing and you're spending a ton of free time um, trying to do it. Then there's edits. And I literally felt like I spent two years of my life on this. So I was like, now I want to do some other stuff. And so I, I was just telling Nikki when I walked in here, like, I want to do more consults. Like I want to yeah. see more people. I want to work on more advisory boards. I want to help more companies. I want, you know, I want I'm to so, I'm so effing sick of writing books. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Title three. I just want to try something else. Yeah. Like, take a break. And to, because I don't have unlimited time. I have tons of things going on. So, um, that little like space, I want to try to do some other stuff now. Yeah. Okay. So first book, I'm so effing tired. What main, someone picked that up. Yeah. Main reasons they should pick that okay. up. What they're you're, gonna learn. you're feeling tired every day, but people have told you that it's cause you're getting older. You have a stressful job. Um, and nobody's really giving you answers. And so that's why you would read because you'd say, Oh, I had no idea that hormones work like this or gut health yeah. work like this. And then the second book would be, you've heard about this brain gut connection. I've mentioned it, or you've heard other people mention it like, oh, you can, you know, 
um, what you eat, the bacteria in your gut can determine what you're thinking or how you're, if you're hungry or sad or angry. Um, it's like all about that brain gut connection. So that's why yeah. you want to do that. Like you might be like, wait, I can change my mood through my gut. You can literally change people's mood through changing their gut bacteria. So that's really fascinating. Like if you want to be, for example, you're really into sports, right? Correct. Yes. So there's a company or a few now that sell the gut bacteria of athletes. So basically poop. Okay. <laughs> what? And yes, I'm because more if about you. This get that gut bacteria, you can improve your athletic prowess. And it's pro- proven. Like, you can transplant gut bacteria from one... So like, LeBron James is just selling his poop. They yeah. put it in my food, and yeah, I just become a better athlete. Yes. Mm. I think you should. we should experiment on this. It's, it's a fact. So they've done it with depression. You can transplant depression. You can transplant schizophrenia. You can transplant... Oh, wow. Well, I don't want that. Yeah, but I'm saying like <laughs> the opposite way. You can cure people yeah, from that. That's right? really interesting. I'm How really intrigued that? on that. We need to do a different episode, a separate episode. On yeah. That. So, How long does it take? Um, so it's not much. You have to. How many turds do you need to eat? Well, it depends on how they do it. So <laughs> technically, if you got a stool transplant from an athlete to you, you literally would instantly be a better athlete. What? So yeah. when when's the next uh, Friday hoops body hoops? Yeah, right. We gotta figure that out. Yes. And then I gotta get a there LeBron transplant. Don't worry. And I just show up. I'm I'll dunking. Tra- on I'll transfer my poop <laughs> to you. Yeah, there you go. If you find someone who's and they're taking, um, if you go online, there are companies who will take healthy people's stool samples because of the healthy gut bacteria that you have in there that people would want. Yeah. Are athletes like? selling this to this company yeah so they're just like they're Olympians like, they're like yeah so Olympians are just like hey like Michael, are like Michael Phelps like this company reaches out is like hey whenever you poop poop in here we'll buy it to you for 500 yeah. bucks and he's yeah. just like yeah sure yeah Jesus. that's exactly how it works and there's a, it's a company that company that I first saw is out of Boston and they had a few Those Olympians fucking yeah guys out there. And <laughs> because you can't really get a, um, a fecal transplant it's not so easy to get that in America these days but Do they put it in like a pill like how, how would I it's yeah. like their poop that comes to no, me no but they clean I mean it's the bacteria that was in the poop so okay. when we poop, it's not like they're like pumping the poop and then putting it back in your butt yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> that would be a fecal transplant that is but very that does exist that's very very the fastest way to get it so for example if you had a family member who's super has attributes that you want and you wanted no. to get their um feet you wanted to get a fecal transplant yeah. there what they would do is they would do a colonoscopy to that person and then they would save the stool and then they yeah. would do the colonoscopy to you and then give it back to you it's, it's actually a life-saving yeah. therapy for those people who have these um it's called c difficile it's a it's a um a stool infection it's a gi infection that's really severe yeah. and the only cure is to get stool from a healthy person that replaces the bad toxic Which bacteria. your husband probably could do, right? Because yes, yes. doesn't, he's a doctor of gastroenterology. Yes. But in America... I'm dying because I'm just thinking of how many girls are going to be reaching out to Nikki after yes. her so, There you go. <laughs> no one wants to go back to her and all my issues yeah, I have. Yeah. Like, I want to be Nikki Metzger. Can, can, you, can you get... Scott, next time you're over, can you get some? Yeah. <laughs> just when she's not looking, just don't uh. flush. 
I mean, I guess I, if, if sense I mean, of humor could transfer, you would do it. If, if sense, I, I yeah, do. no, totally. It if sense so of humor could transfer, I feel like a lot of people would want mine. That's you know, there you, you are go. a funny guy. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, Speaking but it doesn't. Of, but uh, if it did, yeah. But think about um, they did a study. This is so weird, but pacif- babies pacifiers. So in a lot of countries, um, moms lick the baby's pacifier to clean it. Like, so if it falls on the floor, there's no water around. I mean, I'm sure you've done it. I've done it. Like, you can't um, find a way to sanitize it. You lick it, and you give it back to the baby. Those babies had healthier gut bacteria because they got that bacteria from their mother or father or whatever family member. And so it sounds so gross, right? Like in COVID world, post-COVID, like sharing food or a stool, blah, blah, blah. But these bacteria are actually really good for us. Yeah. That's what the second book's all about. Interesting. I like it. I like that. I'm I mean, like that was yeah. I'm very intrigued. I did not know this. Well, your so. husband just signed up for a uh, learn something new <laughs> pooping plant for me. So yeah, there you go. My insurance doesn't cover it. I'm speaking it's, though it, of it, uh, it, it's comp in America. They don't cover it for anything but that life threatening um, Clostridium difficile infection. Yep. But um, the potential is amazing. Right? What yeah. if we all took a trip to Europe? Yes. and we all just did it there. Yeah, there you not, go. Not Turkey because that's hair. Trips, yeah, but, yeah. But that's, anywhere that's else. The wrong country. Right? Yeah, yeah, wrong you country. have to go to a different country for that poop transplant. But yeah, it, it's very. It also tells you, okay, if you are around, um, if you really want to uh, be around someone who is very healthy, uh, you will get some bacteria from them just by being around them, sharing foods, sharing skin bacteria. So even, you know, that thing that we say, like spend the time with the people that you want to be more like, yeah. that kind of goes with that. Yeah. No, that's super interesting. I'm intrigued by that. Um, I wanted to talk about her husband for a second. Yes. Did you See like, the post? yeah. So like basically her husband, you need to like look this on her Instagram. It's basically second, your, second picture. he's like your test dummy pretty yeah. much through all these yeah, books. Totally. Like, transformed from, you know, handsome man into a zaddy. Yeah. Like, he, like, uh, looks incredible. Incredible. You guys can't see, but it's, I think it, I, it's the, yeah, it's the sixth picture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and it, it, one, it looks like two different people. Yeah. And. He looks incredible. And yeah. Incredible. But I remember. So, can, your, does he have any poop I can have? Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> but at, um, there your second book, um, book launch that we went to, it was like cool to hear him even talk about like how everyone's like, well, how did you like make these changes? Like it's all in these books, pretty much everything he did to make that change was because of you, which is pretty cool. But Scott, like how we started the conversation about the late nights and the eating, um, that's really what happened with him. He was like, exhausted when he would come home and the way he would detox is like watch TV and have Taco Bell or whatever drive through, um, and just sit on the couch and fall asleep. Uh, and that was like a very regular thing. And I was always into sleep and fitness and food, but you can't force anyone. But I would always yeah. say like, this is really like, this is the problem because then you wake up in the middle of the night then you have to go to bed and you ate all this crap. So it really was, um, taking that advice of, you know, why am I feeling tired? Let me take this out. Then let me try this and like piece by piece by piece. And then, um, and then you have, you know, five years later, yeah, different person. I, Incredible, oh, right? Uh, yeah. I was going to say about the tiredness. I was looking, I was trying to figure out my schedule. When I coach at uh, Middlebury, I didn't really get paid much. So I needed another job. So I worked at a hotel and I actually would work overnight, audit their books, make sure everything, and they just kind of work their front desk. And 
I'd work 11 to 7. I get home at 7.30. I'd sleep 7.30 to 11.30. And then I'd go into the office about 12 to 6. or We'd practice at 3 or 5, 7. And then I'd go to bed from 7 at night to like 11. And it was two four-hour like slight. Yeah. I never felt more alive in my life. Yeah. I was. Wow. Now, my, I didn't know if that's. You've done anything like that type, like just four, eight, eight hour, four, eight, four, eight, four, which really helped me. But then my friends were like, well, you were like 24, 25 at the time. Yeah. There's a difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you do that now? And I was just, I was more curious to know. I was trying to look at my yeah. schedule for it was 10 to six or 11 to seven, but yeah, it was 11 to seven. And, uh, is, is there some yeah, theory behind that? Like, cause it was, it said is a full REM site. Once you go like four right, hours. Right, right, so that right. was kind of so it. You were doing four and four. That was probably lucky for you that you were getting kind of, because people do say that we actually sleep in two phases. Like a lot of us know that because I have to go to the bathroom or like, you know that you're sleeping in two phases. So you kind of got that one phase and the second phase. But when you look at people who call themselves night owls or who say nat- naturally, like they don't ever can, cons- um, they sleep at weird hours or whatever. And then you actually reset their circadian rhythm. So say, take them on a trip to um, a cave or like camping. You'll see that most people, most people live on the same circadian rhythm because we're human. Like we're supposed, like if a thousand years ago, if you were sleeping during the day, you'd be like dead, right? So you can't, you weren't supposed to be on a different rhythm. So a very tiny percentage of people are actually people who stay up all day and sleep Um, stay up all night and sleep all day like it's a very rare so you probably got that two um, cycles but in general people who sleep during the day and are awake at night and they think that's just the way their bodies are built it's not okay so I I was just 24 and yeah yeah. Yeah. all right all right like I mean you could party probably all night and well the worst part was on the week and the weekends because I work Thursday night to the worst part on the weekend was trying to stay in that rhythm and not just reset yeah. So, you know, I would go after our game. I'd go oh, and sleep. Yeah. And we'd go out at like 11 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. We'd go out. And then everyone come home at like, you know, 2 o'clock when the bars close. And I would just try to stay up as like till 5 or 6 a.m. as late as try. I could. So yeah. that like I'd watch TV or something. because And I was up anyways because I had naps. So I tried to do it on the weekends. Yeah. Actually, you know, you made a good point. I would say to people that staying on the same cycle is almost more important then, um, like sleep. not sleeping on the weekends, like really like what we often, what people do is like they sleep very little on the weekdays and then they try to make up for it on the weekends by sleeping four extra hours. Like that is almost worse Interesting, than yeah. just adding 30 minutes a day, you know, to your weekly schedule. That's what I would rather yeah, do. That makes sense. We probably should wrap it up. I feel like yeah. we could, we need to have her on again because yeah. there's so much stuff that we can talk about. And I feel I know, like we, we can a like lot keep, of rabbit holes that we I can know, get out. No, I love it. Now we're going to have a lot of follow-up questions. I feel. Yes. But like one more thing is if people, like you said, you want to go to more of the consulting, yeah. how can someone yeah. get in touch with you? I guess, what would that be like? It, so yeah, so I, I, I was to just talking to Nikki about that because it's so, it's been so fun for me to do more consults. So I do different kinds. There's one-time consults or 90-day intensive. 90-day intensive is like a full diet, a supplement, um, lab, sleep, exercise plan. Then every week we meet to kind of tweak it, like, you know, and change it up. And then, um, so what I would say is that if you're someone who goes to body already, like you've already done a lot of the right things. Um, so it's super easy, uh, but get, getting that medical opinion again, like the supplements, the labs, the, uh, medicines, the right exercises for you makes sense. Um, 
amymdwellness is my website, amymdwellness.com, or just like grab me or send me a message, text, email, whatever. We'll get you hooked up. I love it. Perfect. You got anything else? You know, I don't. I just, I love Dr. Amy. She's the best. I've gotten smarter. And if you, haven't read her, if you haven't read her books, like go to her website there. You can get the books on the website yeah. as well. Um, they're really, they're both amazing. So if you are yeah. effing tired all the time and We're effing effing. hungry all the time, definitely pick them up for a read. I got a question. This is, how do you tell between a craving and actually being hungry? Yeah. So a lot of times craving is just craving for like uh, comfort. Okay, so imagine a big bowl of veggies or like a salad or an actual food meal. Are you hungry for that or are you... A craving is so, usually like dessert, yeah. fries. Like yeah. you just want that feeling. So yeah. think, look at it like what's some foods I hate to have yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then be like... I'm starving. I would eat it. Yeah. Okay. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Would <laughs> you right. have a meal right now or are you only hungry for French fries or chocolate? Yeah. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah. You're not, right. you're not actually ever hungry. <laughs> no, I'm probably not. <laughs> um, for the people that let's say went to Springfield college and didn't take any English classes in college. I'm not going to say any names myself. Um, do you have the books on tape? Yeah. <laughs> Audible. Audible. Perfect. Audible, yes. 30 minutes before bed. Set it. There you go. Timer. Timer. And you're, it's literally my hack um, to not look at your phone and then you don't have to turn anything off. It just turns off on its own. Um, you can wear headphones if you have a partner or you can just listen. Everybody can listen. I love it. That's great. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank you're amazing. You. Thank you so much. I love, I love coming on. Absolutely. And if you want to be on Tough to Back Up This, I would wait a couple more episodes so you don't have to follow (laughs) Dr. Amy, but email bodypodcast at gmail.com.